prayers and for uh, the works and all of the things that are happening, just the heart of just loving one another and loving our community and just so so grateful for, for being a part of this. And so I just, what, what I don't uh, want you guys to feel, see, the church is always moving in a direction because Jesus is. And so we're always developing and he's always calling us to go farther. And so I want to continue to move us in a direction and call us to new realities and, and call us back to some of the same realities because we need that. But what I'm not saying is that we're missing it. I'm not saying that at all. Even I want to be able to preach with boldness, but I hope it never brings condemnation because I am so uh, proud. And even as you know, praying through the week, just feel the Lord's delight over you guys and, and what is uh, happening as a church body here. And so thank you uh, for that. I, I just appreciate it. All righty, Father. We ask that you would touch our hearts this morning with your word. Holy Spirit, anoint every word and every heart that's in this place, God. We want to know you. We want to know the ways of your kingdom. We want to know how to respond in this hour in the name of Jesus. Amen. So last time I tried to preach on this, we went in like five different directions. I can't promise that I won't do that again. But what I'm going to try to do is come back to this issue of mercy. Because it's so critical to the Lord's heart. He actually, he says, in, and um, Micah, that this is what he desires. He says, oh, that we would love mercy. That, that this would be a part of our heart and how, how it flows. His kingdom, his kingdom would be manifested in us by loving mercy. That we would be a people of mercy. And so as I'm reflecting on this, I just began to reflect in a good way all of my uh, just failures and mess-ups and just how wicked my heart was before I encountered the Lord. And then even sometimes after my major encounter of the Lord. I mean, I was, I would say I was really born again or rededicated my life when I was 21 in college. And it was the mercy of the Lord that would break in. I mean, just the things that I was part of and doing, and I knew better. That was the thing. I grew up in a Christian home with the greatest parents uh, that I really could have. I mean, they taught me Christ. They showed me Christ. They were uh, just, it was incredible, my upbringing. Absolutely amazing. But yet, in the midst of that, I chose my own way. And I uh, would rebel probably to the degrees that they don't know of. So if I ever share anything here... um, I'm sorry for that. But in, in these hours, you know, when you just slowly start growing and fading away from the Lord, and you don't even realize to the degree that you have fallen. And I just think about all the, I was thinking about all the people that I've harmed and all the things that I've uh, tried to do. And just, I, I was just, God's mercy in the midst of that breaks in and Instead of giving me judgment, he gives me forgiveness. I, I, I can remember I was marked in a day in my uh, dorm where I'm sitting there, and the Lord just begins to show me the darkness that I am, and I just begin to feel the heaviness 
of my sins and of my lifestyle. And it was really an act of his mercy. He said, I'm just going to pull back. I've been withholding some of this pressure uh, and the weight of your sins, and I'm going to let you feel that. And I just remember crying out, Lord, how far did I fall? I'm so sorry. And all of the people that I hurt and all of the things that I did and, and how much darkness I increased in that hour. And the Lord breaks in. He says, it's all forgiven. So I have, I, I have mercy on you. Did you know the Lord rules from the place of mercy? If you look into the throne room, he's beginning to show himself of who he is. He has, here's one sitting on the throne. Right? And what he describes around himself is this rainbow. And he says, look at, I have placed the rainbow around me that I would rule my kingdom. I would rule the earth through a lens of mercy. So when I look at you, son, and I, and I understand, and I'm not dismissing all of the things that you did wrong, but my desire is to manifest love to your heart. So I want to show you mercy. And that's what he did on that day. He says, yeah, I see it all. You feel the weight of it all. He says, but my desire is to give you mercy and forgiveness for all of those things. He says this, he goes, in 1 Peter 1.4, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. Just look at the reason that you're saved. If God didn't break in with mercy, you know what we'd receive? Hell. Think about that. If God wasn't merciful, what we deserve, what I deserve for my actions and for my brokenness and my sin is eternity and a fire of hell, of torture, of weeping and gnashing of teeth. I know sometimes we're afraid to kind of preach on the issues of hell, and but but that is hell. That's the reality. That's the place. That's what we, that's what I deserve. But God says, I am going to show you mercy, even though that you hurt people, even though that you did this and that, and you're fallen, you rejected me, and you spit it upon my face. I want to show you mercy. Actually, he takes it a step further, and he goes, you know what, son? I delight in mercy. Because I, I don't just put up with it. It's not just something I tolerate and like, oh, you know, the rainbow is around me. And so I got to, you know, use mercy. He goes, no, no. Actually, when you're falling, I hate the sin. I hate that you fell. I hate that you feel this way. But oh, I just love to show you mercy because it manifests my heart and my love for you that you could actually see the way that I feel about you. Because mercy is really our love in action. We talked about this last time, but he's like, hey, hey, I'm not just going to tell you how I feel. I'm going to show you what I've done. I'm going to show you the history of my life to know that I love mercy. And so he writes all of the things and how he related to the world and how he related to Israel as they rejected him, as they spit upon his face and they walked away from him and they said all those things. He said in the light of that, he didn't rule from the posture of anger, but he delighted to give them mercy, to woo them back to his heart. This is our king and this is our savior. This is how he runs 
his kingdom. And there's no reason to push him away, but in all of our weakness and brokenness, he said, come to me, come to the throne boldly, because I rule out of that throne from the place of mercy. Amen. He says, we who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Saying because of God's mercy, because of who he is, what he said, that is how we have obtained or walked in salvation. This is all of our stories. <laughs> There's no way around this. Every one of us has, has received mercy in one way or the other. A lot of times we think that the Lord, as he looks upon us, is really taking note of our sins. It's really, we, we look and we think that he's, he's watching, even, and I mentioned this before, as a child who begins to walk. And when they first began to walk, by the way, Hattie did roll over. She's not, you know, she's, she's starting to move a little bit. Last time I said that I didn't know if she was going to walk because she's pretty content. But uh, as, as that little child begins to grow, you know, and she gets to that age where she begins to walk, we don't ever call grandma up and say, oh, you know, Hattie fell four times today. <laughs> no, what, what do we say? We say, Grandma, you know, Hattie, she, she walked twice or, you know, two steps today. And the next day, oh, five steps and four steps. And, and we just keep counting the steps, but we leave out the falls. <laughs> she might have walked three steps, but she probably fell ten times. That's the Lord. He says, I just delight in just watching you progress. He says, I'm not counting your falls. And what we do is we sit here and we count our falls and we end up in condemnation that pushes us away from the Lord. And he says, oh, but how I love to show you mercy. I want, when you fall, because I, I purposely remove that and tell you about how awesome you are. So that's, that's, how he, that's how he runs his kingdom. That's who he is. Okay, let's jump right into this. Matthew 18. Let's turn to Matthew 18. We're going to skip Micah and those things. We understand the point of God's mercy because we've all been recipients of it. We've all received it in a measure. One of the things that I would invite you to do is really reflect on God's mercy in your life. Really begin to see his mercy in your life, because that moves your heart. Actually, he says mercy uh, is unto salvation, meaning that's a vehicle in which people get saved. (laughs) When we see his mercy for us, it moves our hearts. And so at times, it's good to look back and say, oh my gosh, look at where I am, and look at what you have done for me. Then we come to a challenging verse here in Matthew 18. I'll just uh, summarize this. But here we have in verse 23, he says, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted settle accounts with his servants. So he's, he's, he's painting a picture of the kingdom of God. He says, here's how I run my kingdom, and here's how I do it in light of mercy. He says, I wanted to settle the accounts 
that people owe. And he says he comes to this uh, man that has a uh, large balance. He says there's a lot of things that he owes uh, this king. And so as the king comes to him and he says, okay, you need to uh, give me what you owe. That's really kind of what the law does. It says, look at how far you have fallen and what you owe. And so the des- he deserves penalty. The guy says, hey, I, I can't pay this. You know, he falls down. He says, have uh, compassion on me, um, have mercy on me, have pity on me. And actually the, the, the word compassion, if you have that, if you're the New King James, is compassion. But all the other translations, it's actually mercy. Those words flow together. They mean the same thing. To have passion or compassion on someone and to have mercy on someone is really a, a similar a feeling that's coming forth from the Lord's heart. And so this guy, he's saying, have, have mercy on me. And so the judge, God, the king, says, okay, I, I release your debt. You don't owe it. Actually, what we know is you know, when Jesus had mercy upon you, somebody had to pay that debt, so he did it for you. He began to pay it. But what happens with this, this guy is, so he, his debt is released, and what does he do? Does anybody know this, this story? He demands it from someone else. He says, like, okay, I've received mercy. Now he goes to the one that owes him. And how many know that somebody owes us something? It might not be finances. Maybe it's a, a piece of our pride because they've taken that or rejected us in some way. You know, or our emotions, our heart, because somebody has has taken an issue of that from us, but they owe us something. They've done something, and then we begin to demand it back. Although God just gave us mercy to the point of eternal life, he just removed damnation and hell from your life, but yet on these smaller issues where they have done something that seems large to us, but if we put it in light of our eternity, it's very little, and we demand it from them. We demand that, and we say, here's God, and we keep messing up and messing up, and God says, I give you mercy, I delight in mercy, come to me, come to me, I will erase your pain and your debt. That's what happened on that day when I, when I came back to the Lord. The weight that I was feeling of the, of, of the sin in my lifestyle, he removed in a moment. <laughs> I came to the word, and I said, God, I'm sorry for this. He says, your debt is paid and the cloud is lifted and no longer did I have the pain and the condemnation upon my heart, but I was free in him. But yet we leave the door and we demand it from somebody else and we put the pain and the condemnation upon them that they would have to bear it. And we hold it over them. So many ways. This is what he said. He continues in this a story of the kingdom. And he goes, in verse 33, he goes, should you not also have compassion or mercy on your fellow servant just as I have had pity or mercy upon you? He goes, wait, 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 wait. I just removed hell from your eternity and from your future, although you fully deserve it and you still deserve it now. He said, but you're demanding it from others. Should you not have mercy? And he continues, he goes, and his master was angry 
and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So here we have this entrance of mercy. Right? We, we enter in with mercy, but he says we need to walk in mercy that we would continue to receive it. I, I, that, that, that is what he, he said, right? I mean, these are pretty strong words because what he said is, I gave you mercy, I released to you mercy, but you didn't walk in mercy. In Matthew 9, he says this. He goes, you know what? Learn what this means. I desire mercy over sacrifice. See, sacrifice deals with the law. It deals with obedience. And sometimes what we do in in the name of obedience, right, that we would look like we're righteous, we push other people to the side, and we condemn them, and we judge them, and we try to walk out this obedience. He says, you know what? I'm not all about the obedience. What I'm about is that you have a heart for people and that you would show mercy and forgiveness. Do you know your obedience to the Lord doesn't triumph your lack of mercy and compassion? He actually said, your mercy will triumph judgment. He says, actually, your act of love and compassion towards one another and forgiveness for one another will actually triumph your lack of obedience, that I wouldn't have to give you judgment on those things. And so here he says, we have received mercy, but if we want to continue to walk in mercy, he says, we need to show mercy. Blessed are the ones that are merciful because they will receive mercy. That's like the first, one of the, uh, the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus gets on the scene. He says, here's the blessed lifestyle. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness because they'll be filled. And he goes, blessed are the merciful because they will receive mercy. The gateway into walking in this life of mercy is to give mercy. And that is what the Lord requires of you. Well, this this message of of character because that's really what we're looking at is character and and at the beginning of this character season the very thing that we had to lay down is we must die to ourselves because to show mercy actually costs you something did you know he didn't get that payment of money the king said i forgive you of that payment that means he he lost something there It cost him something to show mercy. And that's why at the beginning of the character series, we said we must die to ourselves and live for Jesus, that we would find life. Mercy is not easy. It's not easy to walk out, but it will cost you something. But the, the reward of it, the blessed lifestyle, and the receiving mercy, That's what we look for in pleasing the Lord. Amen. We want to be a a people of mercy. Think about what it would look like if this is what we set our heart for, to love mercy. We're looking for ways that I can show you mercy. 
Now, I'm, I'm, I'm delighting in it, actually. What if, what if I parented from that position? <laughs> what if we were friends in that position where we, we looked for a way, okay, I, I understand you may have said something that hurt me or, you, or something came out wrong. or you know, Sometimes we look for all these huge things to show mercy, you know, the large forgiveness, which is important. But sometimes it starts right here on just the small little occasions that, you know what, that had a little sting, but I just, you know, I delight to show you mercy. And I just want to show you mercy, and we go after showing one another mercy rather than judgment. Let's turn. He, he takes it up a notch. Where am I, Luke? My page numbers got messed up. Not good. Luke 10, I'm sure of it. I would never give you guys a wrong... verse. Gosh, thank you, Jesus. Hmm. I guess we don't have notes on this one. So here he begins to describe mercy. If we look at the end of Luke 10, let's actually verse 37. So we, we have, we've seen this verse before, but it's very important. He said, uh, He's, he's saying this scene, this, this story that he's showing. Uh, and he said, he showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. So, so he's summing up this story and he's saying, this is, a, this is what mercy looks like. This is the act of mercy. Because we have this issue of mercy, which, which is true, is forgiveness. Uh, the huge component of mercy is forgiveness. See, mercy is really that you would not receive what you deserve. Right? Grace is giving you something that you, you don't deserve. Is you, you couldn't earn it, so he just gave you grace. But mercy is saying you actually deserve this. You, you know, deserve hell. You deserve judgment. You deserve uh, the penalty, but I'm going to hold that back. I'm not going to give you uh, that penalty. That's what mercy is. And so we defined it as such, which, which is good. That's a great definition. But here he describes mercy uh, to another degree, and he says, this is actually what I'm speaking about when I uh, call you to mercy, and it's this. He goes, then Jesus answered in verse 30 and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, which is kind of important here because if uh, this, this man is believed to be a Jew. He's coming from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw, he passed on the other side. And so here we have this, uh, his brother, you know, he, he knows him, he's a Levite, they're, they're part of the same DNA here, and he, he passes by him. Here's this guy, he's, he's struggling, it's, if, if you will, it's the voice of the child that's crying out in the picture. And he walks, walks by, I'm sure he's busy, had things to do, stuff was on his schedule, Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and he looked and passed by on the other side. So here's another one of his brothers, if, if you will, and he passes by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, now this is important that he says Samaritan, because what has happened is the Jews in that area, or in that era, uh, is ridiculing and persecuting and oppressing the Samaritans. Okay, They think of the Samaritans as less than 
themselves. It's really what we had, you know, in the segregation back in the 1950s where uh, the white people began to uh, oppress uh, the black people. And so this is kind of the picture that's going. But here's this Samaritan uh, who's been oppressed by this Jew, walks by and says, but a certain man, Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he uh, saw him, he had compassion on him. He had mercy on him. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him. Whatever more you spend, when I come again, I'll repay you. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? Here's the picture of mercy. The one that you, the one that rejects you. The one that stole something from you. The one that, that took something from you. Whether it's your pride or, you know, whatever it is. Part of your heart. <laughs> you know, it's not only about forgiveness. The Samaritan didn't walk by and say, brother, I, I really forgive you. I release you of the things that you've done for me. The Samaritan uh, began to actively help the man that rejected him. He couldn't pass him by. He said, here's, you know what? My debt has been so forgiven. I'm so ruined. And the Lord chased me down and he forgave me. Even though that, that he gave me fully his heart and I ran with it and I broke it and I abused it. And now he chases me down the very one, the very heart that I took and, and you know, ruined across the campus, if you will. And he chased me down and he showed me mercy. He didn't just forgive me. See, mercy is, is love and action. And it cost him something. He said, look at, he actually gave over finances and wine was very costly in that day. And he gave him wine and the oil and, and these things that actually cost him even more. But he says, this is the heart that he wants us to carry, that we would delight in mercy, even to the point where we would find ones that are in need and give them mercy. You know, in a lot of the... Uh, stories where people were sick, they would cry out, have mercy on me, Jesus. It wasn't that they did anything wrong to Jesus, that they should deserve judgment. That's not what they were speaking about. They were saying, look it, I am in desperate need. God, I just need mercy. And he would break in and he would take them from the place of brokenness and give them life. That was mercy. And in the same way, it's not only forgiveness, but we would pursue to bless those who reject us. He said, this is mercy. When you go to seek after the widows and the fatherless, he said, and you would find them, you would not turn a deaf ear to them, but you would pursue them and bless them. That you would find those who even rejected you and you would bless them because by your good works they shall uh, begin to glorify the Father in heaven. In the place of marriage, what if we delighted in mercy? Because there's room for it in every marriage. 
That doesn't matter how perfect your marriage is. But what if you begin to delight in mercy rather than judgment? What would it look like? So he did. That's what Jesus, his deepest longing is the people. You know, some in our marriages, we want to have solid marriages. And he says, my longing, my desire, what I want for an inheritance, for a gift, is the people. And the way that he does it is he shows mercy to those who do not deserve it. And then he says, when we receive it, who, we are, who are we not to give it? Amen. Let's stand. We're in a unique situation as a nation right now. I believe that the Lord's coming to visit our nation. We need to be a people that walk in mercy in this hour. We need to be a people that delight and mercy in this hour. Not a people of judgment. Because we need mercy. And the people around us need mercy. And our community needs mercy in this hour to be prepared for Jesus to come. A city on a hill essentially is a city that's showing mercy. The light would break forth. Now this doesn't mean that we don't discipline. Actually, God said that uh, he, the ones he loves, he shows discipline. So how does mercy work in the midst of discipline? He says, this is the issue of discipline. It's always to, uh, for the good of that person, not ourselves. See, God is, in his mercy, he disciplines because he's raising up, he's, he's, he's wanting the good for that person. He's not self-seeking in that. He says that's actually light of his, in light of his mercy, he does discipline, but it's for their good. And so in the same way, even as we parent out of a place of mercy, we have to show discipline. We discipline them, but we don't do it because they're really annoying us, but we do it for their good, not our own good. We do it to raise them up in the way of the Lord. I want to share this. He says, Hebrews 12, Now no one chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So we discipline, we rebuke, but we do it for their good. That's mercy. Now here's what I want to leave you guys with. Two things. I got to find them. Get our notes if you don't have them on. The first one is compassion. For those who have wronged you, for those who have rejected you, that, that we actively seek mercy. Even though they owe you something, you give that to the Lord. You put that in His hands and you said, I want to show them mercy because I've received mercy. It's an issue of forgiveness. We may look at forgiveness a little deeper next week. But right now, we, 
We want to act in this. And you know what? It's not just an eternal action. Mercy happens in the heart. Oh, that in your heart you wouldn't hold and harbor the anger, but you would say, God, you know what? I'm just as broken as them. I have compassion for them because I'm in the same boat. And I'm sorry that I've held them accountable to that. And I just, I want to show them mercy. Help me with this. Let me be a person in the marriage and in life and in the workplace and to our bosses and mercy. But then, let's not just leave it there. Let's grab a hold of what Jesus says. He goes, okay, see this. This one is the one who did mercy, who is active, and do likewise. So that we would actually seek after those that are harassed, those who are troubled and and pain and hurt. And in in, in our ability, where the Holy Spirit would direct us, we would show them mercy. Father, we ask today that you would pierce our hearts, Lord. With the mercy that you showed us, that we would be able to show mercy. God, as we receive that, Father, we see how we deserved hell, but you gave us mercy. That we would walk a life of mercy. That we would forgive and we would love others in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you'd like prayer for anything, I would love to pray for you. The elders would come and pray also. We have uh, snacks and refreshments in the back. So if you can have your conversations back there while we